<laughs> Freeform. <laughs> we are diving right into another Poetry for the People podcast, and at this point we are still celebrating Poetry Month, a National mm -hmm. Poetry Month. We've had a lot of stuff going on around our class, Poetry for the People. Last time we met, which was just this Tuesday, Josue, who was on one of our earlier podcasts, had a wonderful presentation, a teaching presentation, in which he was using the music and I guess the lyrics of Frank Sinatra and connecting it with his service with the military in Afghanistan. I would never imagine something like those two things going so well together. But it, it's it, great. It's a beautiful po story. Poetry is full yeah, of surprises. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't want listeners now to be too surprised as far as where all these wonderful voices are coming from. So I'm going to have you both <laughs> introduce your names in order. Hi, my name is Ariela Pinedo. Hi, I'm hey. Katie Spitz. And I'm Jeff Kalis, host, moderator, the good guy. <laughs> so happy to be with you here today, talking a little bit more about Poetry Month. There was also a reading, I don't think either of you guys made it to it yesterday, at the main branch of the public library. And that was hosted by the library and by Focus Magazine, the literary magazine of City College of San Francisco, which is where we are finding ourselves now and where you are listening to us from. Uh, had a lot of great people reading there, including the Poet Laureate of San Francisco, Kim Schott, oh, uh, whom there. we've heard before. Then another thing, and I think we were chatting about this off mic before we started recording today. At our last class, we had a session outdoors. I'd like both of you to say a little bit about how you felt about that. Ariella, I think you were saying that it brought you back to something that might have been a source of poetry for you before. Yeah, I like to use imagery and like nature to invoke emotion and to give the emotion a picture. Because right. sometimes it's hard to just say it. It's not enough just to say, oh, I'm sad. Which, you know, <laughs> wouldn't probably make you a great writer, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, it did it did bring me and remind me that this is the stuff that I use, the stuff that inspires me, which is nature. How so, far back does that go for you, Ariella? When did you first start with poetry and why did you start? Why did I start poetry? Ooh, poetry. I started writing when I was a kid, but it was more just of the actual movement of writing. I didn't write any of my stuff, so I would just copy things. And then when I was turning 11, I read Harry Potter, which is something that inspired me to start writing my own things. And the first things that I started writing was poetry. So something, because it was short, it wasn't so intimidating for me to start creating poetry. And I was 
you know, 11, 12 years old. Um, in high school, it was really overly dramatic poetry, which is <laughs> when I read it back and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. But, you know, I started somewhere. So the the adult Ariella mm-hmm. is a critic of the child Ariella. Yeah. I, yeah. I guess that's fair. But I was like, you're a little too dramatic. <laughs> Calm down. That happens to the best of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, I started like really young and kind of appreciating writing and other artists. And was that in California that you grew mm-hmm. up? Yeah, in California. I grew up in Southern California, San Diego. Nice. Yeah, so really Some people there. say, incidentally, this is very interesting, and I found out about this even before I came to California from the East Coast, that San Diego has the ideal climate for human consciousness because it never gets too hot and it never gets too cold and it isn't too humid. So so you, you might have had the perfect upraising for your, yeah. your creativity. <laughs> yeah, I did. Or at least for nature-wise, right, in the weather. <laughs> Actually, first, Katie, I do want to get your reaction to our trekking along through the wilds of the <laughs> City College campus and what you got out of that experience. Um, I really enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't writing outside feels a little bit forced, I think, sometimes. Sure. And um, going into it, that's kind of how I was feeling. I was like, I don't really know how to just like all of a sudden be like, I'm outside in beautiful nature. Let's create a poem. <laughs> it doesn't always come that easily. But I think especially with our class and I'm like used to kind of being in that creative space with all of the people in our class. I actually ended up, while we were walking around, I wrote, it was kind of a short narrative poem about living in a tree. Do you happen to have that one with you today? No. Uh, all right. <laughs> I, Folks, you're going you're to have to wait for this. You're going to wait for the book. Uh, <laughs> but Katie, do tell us a little bit more about how far back in your life writing and poetry go. You know, it's funny. I started... I've kind of been a chronic journaler my whole life. Even when I was young, I just kind of writing stuff that I never really intended anyone to read. And in my early 20s, I would say my chronic journaling started to turn into poetry, though I didn't really know it at the time. It was when I went back later and read it. I was like, wow, I've been writing poetry for years and had no idea. So it wasn't even probably until the last year or so that I really was like, oh, I actually write poetry. It kind of was just spontaneous for me. So I took this class to kind of refine some of those skills because, like I said, it's kind of subconscious, kind of flows out. So it's nice to kind of have a class to go back and, like, revise and edit yourself and do it with more consciousness and intention. You talk about journaling, Katie, and I think I've noticed in your poetry one thing that is its trademark, is you write actually about your life. Not only, Ariella, does Katie write about her life, but you may have noticed when Poetry for the People had a session at the Burden Beckett Bookstore in Glen Park, she had her two kids yeah. with her. <laughs> I mean, there was so much Katie life there. It was absolutely delightful. Oh, thank you. She let us into our life so easily. That's true. I've noticed, too, I don't know whether it's coincidental that we have both Ariella and Katie here today, but I've noticed 
sitting in the Poetry for the People class, you two guys seem to chat a lot. <laughs> is, is, is that part of your, uh, your experience? It's part of our creative process. Disturbing others? No, I'm totally no, no, kidding. No, no. <laughs> to be hanging up. You know, yeah. That's a nice thing. It wasn't coincidental. We actually signed up to read or do this podcast together because we actually, from the beginning, had shared each other's poems. I was like, here's a oh, poem. that's great. We exchanged on the first day of class, and yeah. then we've done it like every class since. <laughs> yeah. so. That's terrific. It's not only building what could be a chapbook of poetry later on, but building a relationship. Yeah. We've actually like texted back and forth and like created poems. Back and, like yeah. back yeah, each other having <laughs> Little each Little list poems. Yeah. This could be a whole new forum. <laughs> <laughs> the Cadian. So Ariella, right. uh, what what are you gonna be starting by reading to us today? Tell us the title and if you want to do anything in the way of a introduction about the genesis of the poem or anything, <laughs> yeah. feel free to do that. Um this first one I'm gonna read is a short one and I've read it before in open mics. I like this one because it also touches upon the imagery that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. It's something that I always like to use. It's called In Autumn Lost. And it toys with the imagery and like a lot of metaphors that I normally don't use a lot. I use imagery to, to be more direct. This is what it means. I'm just trying to help you, trying to get it by using imagery. So this one kind of doesn't do that so much. It's more abstract. I even have dollies in it to make it more surreal. Mm. So it's a cute, nice poem, and I like it. And I enjoyed reading it. Well, please read it to to our waiting podcast audience. (laughs) Okay. In Autumn Lost. In a coral-colored infested forest, draped in a star-filled midnight, I'm uplifted. And in less than a minute, I no longer hear the city. I'm lost in a sort of autumn. Dali's elephant elegantly stomps across a field. I'm not high. I'm just lost. How honey melts in your mouth is how it dissolves into you. We keep our secrets like a tough toffee that eventually gives. I tread lightly even though you ask me not to. I put up obstacles thinking I'm sly, but you just fling them out the window. I tuck gently at the small thread of your shirt because I want none of you and I want all of you. Beautiful. That was the one you gave me on the first day of class. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah. All brings it all back. Right, full circle. Yeah. It's interesting that you had to uh, put this explanatory thing in there, I'm not high, <laughs> which is very interesting because I think that we three and those who have preceded you on the podcast and probably even uh, any of the people listening who are poets can testify poetry can make you high. Mm. Uh, Poetry shared the way that we always share it in class, the way that we share it at readings, and the way that we're sharing it now is a contact high for everybody. Yeah. I always feel really like inspired and curious, like, oh, man, I feel great. I'm glad I went, even when I'm struggling to get to class because I've gone to class all day and I'm like, I made it and I'm happy I made it here, (laughs) you know. Whatever it takes. 
I mean, it's neat to share that with other people. I feel like poets, I mean, at least personally speaking, tend to be solitary. To be in a room full of people who really share that in common kind of takes you to that creative space, makes it feel open and accessible. Aren't aren't we all putting the lie to that solitary stereotype? A number of us also regularly attend, well, I guess it's once a month now, readings at the Ocean Ale House. Mm where there are featured readers and open mics. That's more sharing. I've heard Katie read there. And Katie, what are you going to read for us uh, first today here in the studio? I think the first thing I'm going to read is called I Put a Spell on You. Mm. I wrote this for my kids. And because we were talking about my kids, it feels kind of appropriate. I think they're great (laughs) kids. I mean, I know I'm not their dad. I'm not the one who has to take care of them, but... (laughs) I wouldn't mind being their uncle. (laughs) (laughs) They're really sweet kids. Actually, I brought brought them both to a reading, and now my five-year-old is very insistent that he wants to be a poet as well. Well, What are their names, Katie? The oldest is five. His name is Huckleberry. And the youngest is three. Her name is Rue. I love those names. Beautiful. Thank you. All right. And now now proceed, if you will, please. Yes. This is, like I said, um, I put a spell on you. Lying in bed, watching the stars projected over the universe stickers we stuck on the ceiling. The boy with the strawberry mouth slips his hand over mine. Mom, can you sing Nina Simone? He asks for feeling good, but tonight I don't remember the words. Put a spell on you, he queries. I sing from the top of my belly. And now you're mine. In the next bed, the girl with eyes colored like amber and a strawberry mouth of her own does not know the words, but I hear her sing from the top of her belly, spell on you, before her notes break off into wordless melody. His tiny fingers are not so tiny anymore, but they're still small enough for all five to wrap around my index finger. I put a spell on you, and you're mine, he sings along. I love you, I love you, I love you anyhow. And all three of our strawberry lips part to sing this verse. Our chorus carries beyond the projected stars through the ceiling and joins the sounds of cars driving by, the bay in the background, the sounds of horns from the shipyard. I ain't lying. No, I ain't lying. Between the notes, I breathe deep into his hair that needs to be cut, but he likes it long enough to hang into his eyes now. I put a spell on you because... Because you're mine. Ooh. I think we all want Katie to be our mommy. (laughs) God, what a wonderful effusion of love in that poem. Thank you. Those, like, sweet little moments putting your kids to bed. I really wanted to, like, capture that as best I could, so... That was that one. <laughs> Ariella, are you? Uh, do you have a your own nuclear family yet, or are you, are you having to no. put up with roommates or, or what? <laughs> I put up with roommates. That's my thing. Um, I don't have any kids, but I did take care of kids in San Diego. Mom oh, owned yeah. a daycare, so you you were vibing on, on that kind of thing. <laughs> the vibing. I, oh. I'm showing my age. I'm using hippie <laughs> language. What, what I meant was you were really, I could see you visibly 
appreciating oh, uh, yeah. that, that wonderful family thing about Katie's poem. Yeah, I'm really close to my family, so yep. reading about that kind of love and appreciation of your kids and your family is, is great to listen to. And I've seen kids and their family come and go and, like, even the kids are struggling with parents who are struggling. It, like, breaks my heart. Yeah. So, like, there's something that I can also get close to, yeah. You have another poem for us. I do, which is kind of might change the vibe of the place, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> another thing about poetry is in not only in how it sounds, but in how you write it and what you write about, it's limitless, and mm. that's a good thing. But tell us about where you're going to be going with this one. <laughs> okay, so this one's called Don't Tell Me How to Say My Name. And it came from an instance at work. Actually, it's happened a few times, and he's no longer there, so it's great. Well, t- tell me a little um, bit uh, about that because... I, I would think since it's a podcast, probably people that tune into you will be seeing the spelling of your name. Is that yeah. part of what this has to do with, that, that it has a double L or what? It's not necessarily like it doesn't bother me how you say it. It okay. doesn't. You can say Ariella. You can say uh, they say Daniela sometimes because they can't hear the first part of my name. Or it's the fact that you telling me how I should pronounce my own name right. is okay. is my thing. Right. Um, just because my uh, clients at work don't understand or don't hear it really well. And I'm like, I'm not going to change how I say my name. That's At first, I just took it as that's really odd. But then I also took it as like a strike on who I am. Right. <laughs> like I'm not allowed to be who I am. <laughs> and I know that sounds really funny, but that's kind of what you're implying there like i can't sell well without having to pronounce my name ariella versus ariella right yeah and i always try to make this kind of simile to it with like so i like asking my mom who's mexican and who's born in mexico and her first language is spanish is asking her to say adriana versus adriana you know she's not gonna be able to say adriana <laughs> <laughs> it's not her name um but yeah it I'm kind of nervous about reading this poem. I've I never written anything like this and mm-hmm. um, something that's so political, I guess. <laughs> I think we need that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so if you don't mind, please. Okay. I've never read this. Okay. He says to me, maybe you should say your name like this. He says to me, he says, clients get confused when you say your name your way. They just don't get it. The accent of millions of immigrants crossing to safety, holding on to each other for they brought nothing else but the sweat on their backs. It's the callous hands gripping the shovel to move mountains to stride on new land. Don't tell me how to say my name. The way I say my name is not a trend. The way I say my name is not a commodity to be sold, used, or changed just because you just don't get it. I'm not yours to be molded to fit in your whited out society, so don't tell me how to say my name. For the way I say my name stands on the shoulders of those who rose before me. For those who dance like the world is on fire and no tomorrow. For those who tried to bury but forgot were seeds. You want to know who I am? I'm three words. 
And yes, I want you to remember all three. And no, I will not change how I say it. My name is Ariela Pinedo Vanegas. Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> what What's in a name? Wow. Uh, <laughs> and what's in a poem? You've taken like a little nugget and broken it open and let us see all these things in it. <laughs> Thanks. And a lesson. A lesson. For us all. What, what we should be thinking about, what we should be paying attention yeah. to. Yeah. Katie, what have you got for us? Oh, boy. <laughs> I have indecision is what I have. Um. <laughs> That's part of poetry, yeah. isn't it? I mean, again, this is something else we were talking about before we began the podcast today, how tough it can be even choosing what to write about, because you could write about anything from any time with anybody. How do you select it out? I mean, that... It's another nice thing about being in class is just having somebody ask you to write about something in particular, like giving you a prompt. It kind of gives right, a direction. Right. That, mm. that makes it easier. Yeah, that, that it does. narrows uh, it for us. Oh, boy. I, have I told her to read the scary one. For her, it's a scary one. Should I read the scary one? It's uh, <laughs> not necessarily that it's a frightful poem. It's more of a... Too personal? This way, yeah, you, would you would say it's kind of scary? They're, they're, they have a huddle here now on what's going to be read. <laughs> this is what we did before the podcast, yeah. too, and no decision was made. This, um, is, this is an on-air huddle. <laughs> I'm going to let you all into the process. All right, I'll read the scary one. It's not even that scary, actually. I like this one because it takes something serious and it makes it a little bit light and it feels kind of personal. Good. And so... um. This is called, I am infatuated with the toothless Ferris wheel operator. I'm going to admit something, even though I know you are going to hold it against me because you are going to hold it against me either way. I miss you. There. The feeling has been gnawing at me, so saying it out loud feels the way it feels to take off my bra at the end of the day. I didn't know how much it was bothering me. I miss the way your hands move and I miss the way you stand in a room, unassuming, and a black hole for my attention. I missed the way I missed my left armpit with deodorant this morning. It stinks, and it's one-sided. I miss the way you talk to someone else, but do not take your eyes off of me. And I'll forgive you for talking to me while you do not take your eyes off of her. Mostly. Or, no, I don't. But I miss you either way. Forgive me for one million omissions and being too afraid you would hurt me to let you know that I loved you the whole time. Maybe we can forgive each other for half-assing the whole thing. Maybe I can forgive myself for going back over and over when I know better. Wanting you is like wanting to get on a ride called the zipper after two corn dogs and a cotton candy. It's a bad idea, but I'm probably going to do it anyway. I miss sleeping in a twin bed with you, asleep on your shoulder hoping the night lasts a little longer. Every time I hear your voice, I get the same zipper nausea feeling when you move up, but your stomach doesn't come with you. I miss you so much I will pretend that I do not know you exist. While I secretly look for loopholes to our every indiscretion. If we were boxers, we would both be huddled in our separate corners while a man in a hat rubs Vaseline on our faces and presses that frozen metal thing into our swollen lacerations. I miss you the way seven years later at the carnival, the zipper sounds fun again because I've forced myself to forget how it made me throw up all over my shoes. 
Fabulous. <laughs> I, I think we were all on that carnival ride. It's like one of my favorites. <laughs> I, I can see why. My goodness. This is more than a poem. This could be a TV series. Because I think part of what Katie is doing here is creating a portrait mm. and creating a scene. Again, just as Ariella did, you are showcasing one of the great possibilities of poetry. I'm blushing. So. <laughs> Feel the blush, folks. <laughs> so what will, uh, where will things go for you poetically, Ariella, after this semester is over? Will there be more? I want to write a book. I've always wanted to write a book. Good. So this is giving me an opportunity to get more poems out there and I really want to do more open mics and get better at it because I get so nervous standing up here. Even doing this and reading my own work, it's like, how do I read it? And um, I've been told that it should have a little bit more of passion in it. But I think the words speak for themselves sometimes. So I rely on that without projecting and acting it out. It's got, got to be Ariella. Not, <laughs> yeah. uh, don't tell me how, 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 how to call my name. Don't tell me how to write my poetry or how to read it. <laughs> it's got to be you. Oh, okay. Did you hear that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how to write my poetry. That's the next one. <laughs> that comment was for someone who knows can ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Katie, you said um, your, your little boy, does he want to be a poet himself? Um, or does he just want to stand around and admire mommy? <laughs> you know, I think he was really drawn to the microphone. I think he wants the attention on the stage. <laughs> That's one advantage of open mics. It was a really cool experience to share with my kids because I felt like, for me personally, I didn't even know people read poetry at open mics until adulthood. So, yeah, I thought that was like a really cool artistic thing to let them in on so young. And what will you be doing now? Will there be more poetry, more open mics? Are you indeed going to be nurturing uh, another couple of poets there? Yeah, I, I think I, I am going to try and bring them to the next open mic. And then I'm going to kind of continue reading. And um, like you said, I think I want to work on the like actual performance part of it a little bit because it is a little bit intimidating to read your own work. And it is kind of like uh, putting on a show. It is, yeah. Although you're doing it with other people, so. But you're reading your own work. I've done theater before, but it's I'm reading someone else's line, someone else who wrote. It feels very naked not, to yeah. read your own stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it's scary. So. Although it helps that the Ocean Ale helps because you know there's wine. Um, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ale. And ale. Easier. Yeah. It's <laughs> so really quick. Well, I'm ready. Right. So I probably will try and take another poetry class next semester because mm -hmm. I hope so. It's so nice to have a class to work with. I wish I could do poetry for the people again. <laughs> yeah. That's very true. Let's do a shout out to our Poetry for the People instructor, Tamina Khan. Hi, Tamina. Uh, let's do another <laughs> shout out to the producer of the Poetry for the People podcast, Nicholas Harder. Uh, and to all of you who I hope by now this has become a, a habit for. And in the studio, shout out to Ariella and Katie. Thank you for coming in. <laughs> this is the Poetry for the People podcast, and we'll see you next time. <laughs> Bye. 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 Thank Bye. You. Thanks. <laughs>